I also made the case for owning Bitcoin, the quintessence of scarcity premium. Scarcity premium. It's literally the only large tradable asset in the world that has a known fixed maximum supply by its design. The total quantity of Bitcoins cannot exceed 21 million. Bitcoin is the hardest money that has ever been invented. If you don't have my private key, you cannot spend my Bitcoin, period. And this is the power of Bitcoin. It's the first time we figured out how to create true property that you can take possession of with full custodial rights. What's going on, everyone? And welcome to another episode of Talking in Bits, where we walk you through Bitcoin bit by bit so we can provide you with the information you need to succeed and persist. Back with episode 67, which was already recorded. It's a little bit different. But just had a fascinating conversation with my really good friend, Hotto Tarantula. This is Hotto's third time on the show, and this one doesn't disappoint. As they like to say, third time is the charm. We talk everything from mortality to philosophy of life to fear to fasting and the benefits. Um, and then we actually talk some Bitcoin. We talk about mining. We talk about, you know, sovereign mining, which is a, a, a brand new company that the Hotto's a part of. We talk so many different things here. Uh, it's just not enough for me to give it to you in this intro. So without further ado, here's my conversation for the third time with Hado Tarantula. Enjoy. Yeah, man. So Where's your dad? Yeah, we don't do the show anymore, man. I told you that. Like, oh, uh, we, yeah, it's been man. like um, probably about like, I don't know, 30, 40 episodes or so. Yo, I feel bad now that I'm not. No, no, no. There's so much going on, you know, in the world that it's difficult to, to you know, be all over the place at one time. No, it's, <laughs> it's super hard. And even just in the podcasting space, there's so many different voices. So nah, don't, don't worry about that at all, bro. It's like a new one every week. We got the legends in here, the Martys of the world. So yeah, uh-uh. you got to be careful with the, the Martys of the world. You know, you, you got to stay based. And that's why I think it's good to, to be aware of self and, and where you're going and what you're doing. Yeah, no, that the, the, good point, valid point, good sir. Yeah, about the uh, uh, yeah, me and Ben is just you know he's still he's my brother-in-law literally through through marriage. Mm-hmm. So no beef, no nothing or whatever, man. The like the way I like to sum it up is um, you know when 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 you when you see a pretty lady and you really like her and you want to do some things, you stay focused on her. But if you keeps looking at all the other ladies, you can't focus. So I, I, I found always, my pretty lady. My pretty lady's this show and my pretty lady's Bitcoin. Uh, ben was looking at a lot of pretty ladies. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You always have to go with what aligns with yourself in regards to what you're seeking. Otherwise, it is like a continual uh, swimming against the current to find happiness. Yeah. And this is my happiness. So well said. And, and I agree with that. It was a, it was a decision made by me. Um, you know, once again, no animosity, no beef. No, it's uh, never about that. A lot of people think that if there's a separation of paths, that there was some type of a disagreement or like an internal conflict. It is not necessarily always to that. It can be more deep than that. And in and, and, and an understanding that um, where I want to go, you know, is, is very specific. And if you're not going to go along on the ride, it, it could be conflict. And so in that... It is best to keep peace with separation. It's not always about like, yeah, people think that there's a trouble in the waters, but the waters can be still and the stream still separates, you know? Man, I wish I had you uh, when that happened, man, because I was a little bit hard on myself. I thought I was making the wrong move. I thought, you know, it would lead to some grudgery. Uh, It hasn't, but at the time it it was very, uh, for me, maybe not for him, it was a lot of turmoil. 
Well, that's the thing about life in general and in understanding the nature of the universe. It is change constantly. And then whether or not you choose to embrace that or fight it will determine how easy it is for you to deal with. And mm. so on that level, the more that we resist the change and, and, and do not embrace it, the more difficult it will be for us because it is inevitable. We cannot stop it. And no matter what, the only way through it is to embrace it. Yeah, yeah. Don't go out kicking and screaming, basically. is kind of what I get there. Well, you, like through exactly. life, I mean. Right, because what is the point in that? You are just expending energy where we are finite in it. For mm. what we are capable of giving to the world energy-wise, we are not infinite. You know, it is not infinite for ourselves, unlike that which provides us energy and that spark that gives us our initial life. We don't have the ability to keep, you know, perpetuating that in, indefinitely. So we need to be very mindful of how we ex exert ourselves in this physical world. Indeed, because until, until we transmute and cross into the next we won't actually, you know, it's, it's difficult to draw upon that energy. You know, you have to be very yeah. much uh, in tune with what's going on and, and the, like almost so to speak, like you need to be vibrating in a frequency that's uh, on that level with the universe to be able to draw that power uh, that is infinite. And, and if you're distracted or you're having internal conflict and struggling, you will not be able to draw it. And then, draw to that and the only place that you'll go back to it is when you reach the end of the corporeal here because then there is no more distraction and you are free to move back to it Ex and explain to me the corporeal what do you mean by that what's that this physical world this okay. flesh this blood that is corporeal corporeal mm -hmm. so as the and, vessel in which we're, yeah. we're, we're traveling Exactly. Like, quite literally, it's what we're experiencing in this existence um, is the best way that I can say it without actually bringing up the real definition, which would be relating to a person's body, especially as opposed to the spirit. Mm. That, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, I think we, we get too wrapped up in our heads and thinking that we actually... Con, you know, basically control this body and control this sleeve that we're wearing, but it, it's much bigger than that. Exactly. Right? It's very temporary. Very temporary. Now, this was supposed to be later in the conversation, but I'd rather talk about it now. So you said that there's nothing to fear when we get to the end. Uh, so I want your thoughts overall on mortality. Uh, and I know lately you've been on, a, uh, not well, a Twitter binge, but you've been tweeting about it. But what are your thoughts on mortality, man? And, and why do people fear it so much? Because there's a... Because there's a a denoting of finality in that. Mm. And then in finality, our understanding is based on the word, you know, and that there is an end. But that is only just something that's been presented to us, right? In this yeah. corporeal world. It doesn't mean that it is real. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely makes sense, man. So I it's mean, not in the fear. It, it, it legit means that 
what is like, take the word, you know, mortality and understand it and dissect it and then go further. It was presented to you to represent something that was only understood by men of this world. Hmm. That's that knowledge there. Would you so, agree with it? Go ahead. Sorry, man. So what you do with it and whether or not you fear it is upon yourself. I mean, you could question it even. And then in questioning it, you're opening another doorway. Is it real? Is the real question. And the only way you'll know that is to seek and be curious and to never, ever stop with just that this is the definition and final. Because there is no final. Because imagine the flower, how it grows and dies. And then after it dies, what happens to its, you know, atomical structure? It goes back into the earth. It is uh, then turned into other things. It is just like a whole cycle that if you think about it, your life and the energy with which it perpetuates and moves through the world, we know based on physics that energy cannot be erased out of existence. It can Mm. only just change form and go into another. It is not possible to, to like zap it out of existence. So in that I have to question mortality. Mm. Is, Is that energy the same thing that the Stoics were talking about when they talked about the logos? Well, that's the thing. It's the energy is it's the eye, the, like the higher part, the divine, the, the divine within, mm-hmm. you know, the thing that makes you wonder where I came from, how I got here and where I'm going. It's powerful. Yeah. Don't ever let it go because once you do, then you're fully engulfed in the distraction that is whatever the current zeitgeist is. And in that you're actually losing focus of what truly inspires you, which is curiosity and awe. And, and, and like at a base level, self-preservation and, and, and wanting to uh, love another so that you yourself can be treated the same way in kind. That's but, really what it's all about, yeah. But yeah, I think so at a base level. Um, unfortunately, there are those that when they're brought into the world, they are hurt and they don't understand how they're hurt or they're rejected. And so that causes them pain internally and they project it back out into the rest of the world. But all they maybe really need, unless they are truly broken, like mentally, a uh, pirate beach bum spoke to this, like when he was mentioning the 2A rights. 2A rights are just for the good to try and keep others from hurting them who intentionally want to do bad. Seriously, quite literally, you, a person who is mentally damaged and does not want to be loved or or only wants to hurt others. They don't need a gun to do that. They can cane kill Abel with a rock. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't there for thousands of years, people who have been damaged and broken that were, were, bent on dead set on hurting others before guns were ever even put into production. They did so. They did it in mass. They did it at scale. So ask yourself, what is the true reason that they want to remove your Second Amendment rights? Because they don't want you to have them. Well, because they're they're scared of you. They'd like to diminish your ability 
for you to be able to defend yourself because they mm. know that if there is a force that opposes of equal power, they must try to eliminate or lower that power in, in a position to what they have to bring to the table so that they can totally control and dominate you. And in that, this is the fight of our lives, quite literally. Like, what else are we here for, you know, than to try and perpetuate freedom, truth, and love? And if, like, the Second Amendment allows me to protect myself in that fight against tyranny, well, then the individual with the guns that are asking me to give up mine only want to perpetuate that tyranny in my, my eyes. Yeah, I agree. And we've seen it before in history. I mean, the Sioux Indians, yeah, I mean, there's so a lot like, of different examples. So quite literally, the ones who are preaching and yelling and screaming to remove these things that have been, like, understood that there are natural rights, that they're tied up quite literally very deeply in the distraction and they're being manipulated, unfortunately. And we have to have patience with them. Yeah. Because... Yeah they are not self-aware enough to know that they are being controlled like this. Otherwise, they would relinquish that and just tell you that they love you. Yeah. And in the universe where, you know, the love of fellow human is what we need, these individuals are choosing the love of something that doesn't exist, right? This higher entity, this federal government. And, yeah. uh, and in it's, return... That is an illusion. It has been made up and presented to them. Yeah. And they fall prey to that that beast, that trap. It is just everything that you perceive as real is only real because you make it real. Right. So Their that, power is made up. How is that? You know, like. Yeah. But yet they, they stab their fellow man in the back, me right. you know, metaphorically and literally. Like, this is real because I can feel it. But the same thing is they can spin up things that are incorporeal. Words can become real things, and in that, they can create illusions, and people will succumb to them. Yeah. They will make it real themselves, and they will live in that spell. And they get normal, everyday people, and they break them, right? You were saying a little well, earlier with the... That's the thing. They're, 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 they're not necessarily breaking them. They're breaking somebody's heart. They're yeah. leading them through like just manipulation. It's easier yeah. to do that. Well, I, I meant in general of like the people that are like, or the kids or whatever are, that are going out there and doing these shootings and all this stuff. It's like some of them are actually broken because they've been mentally broken, but a lot of these again, people are just manipulated. Again, and in, in that, those yeah. ones who are mentally broken for throughout all of history, since everything from the beginning and dawn of time, if it breathed and it wasn't, knowing love and if it was already pre-broken and damaged again yeah. they didn't need guns to perpetuate their pain onto others so you must ask yourself why are they doing this you know like why they continue to do it too yeah and then they no, I mean, well, like, it's, it's for I'm power about like the, the original question why yeah. do they want to remove your right to defend yourself yeah or limit your capacity to do so like they were saying, I saw a video recently, an advertisement that this many children died. It only took this many seconds. They're trying to insinuate that if there was like a bolt action involved, that it would require more time, that there would have been this or that. That's total nonsense because quite literally, if that person wanted to do what he wanted to do, he could have assembled an explosive 
and took out the entire fucking school at once. That's so yeah. the, the, the whole thing is just like, why? Why do they want to use this specific event to try and change or take away my ability to defend myself at rapid speed even? Is the easy answer to enslave us? Well, exactly, because it makes it uh, the chances that my force against theirs is that much lower. Makes sense yeah. now, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Because what, I said, what did I say in the beginning? If the guy is already damaged and broken and he's really hell-bent on it, if he never had access to any guns at all, period, and he was still going to do what he was going to do, physics are insane, my friend, when it comes yeah. down to a particle on atomic level. How that works is beyond what most people can comprehend in a, in, in a real, like, corporeal way. Like, what they interact with daily is it's beyond them. They only know, like, this and this, this physical, what they interact with. They're very simple. And so in that, I say that if that guy, if you remove all the guns and everything like that, he still has access to physics. And through physics, we can assemble chemicals and compounds that can decimate the entirety of God. We've seen like absolute horrors constructed amongst humanity through physics alone. There was not necessarily having to be a firing pin behind it. Yeah. Yeah. So again, I say, why do they want to limit my ability to protect myself with speed and at scale? It's so that they can perpetuate upon myself their own speed and scale of destruction and kind and have that advantage. Now, in your, in your opinion, there may not even be an answer to this. Uh, how likely the thing you- is, is like maybe there, this is the other side of the coin. Perhaps that uh, it's all in our minds that uh, we're perpetuating, that they don't really want to do this or hurt or like take advantage. But the thing is, and in that, why such a hard push? Yeah. Why so persistent in, in, in the continual stripping away of your rights and, and your civil liberties? Like, why the persistence? If, if there is no ulterior motive and they don't have any, like, long-term, like, and I say they, I'm talking about corporatocracies, governments, and, like, ultimately there's a few, there's a handful of individuals who, like, quite literally have been manipulating currencies for, like, a long time and, and it's, it's been handed down through bloodlines and and in that you know it's people became aware and they had to spin it up into something else and then that's where things like you know the creature from jekyll island are born and whatnot <laughs> so that so that people will say that oh it's easy to go and lynch a person like it's easy to go and point finger at a person but they can easily reap all the benefits of being that person through a corporation or through a, an entity like the Federal Reserve. And nobody can touch them at that point. It's not their fault anymore. Now they're just the reapers of the benefits uh, in regards to the pain through which they're perpetuating amongst the entire world. And the only way to, to, uh, to like really understand is to, is to question the reality. Like, why? Why are they doing it? What's the goal? You know, it's... It's very tiring, but at the same time, it's necessary so that you yourself don't fall prey to that distraction. And you can seek out happiness in life where you are content. You're not looking at the Joneses, so there's nothing to keep up with. It's all just pure simplicity and, and like perpetuating life at that point.
Now, what do you think their chances are of succeeding, of actually winning on their mission that they're out here to, to, to basically enslave us? It's impossible. You know why? Why is that? They've been trying for so long, for so <laughs> long, and they haven't succeeded yet. That's why they continue to push as hard as they do. But as long as individuals like ourselves are willing to continue to have conversations like we're having today, there's no way that uh, they'll be able to enforce that finality that comes with the word mortality. Interesting. And that's the illusion that they want to perpetuate and instill fear upon you with. That you do this, you do that, you do it now, or else this is the consequence. Mm. But guess what? In reality, there are no consequences because once you die, you go on and there is no end. So where are the consequences? That's the scary part. That's the real scary part. And that's where people get broken because then they discover like, holy crap, there's nothing to fear. Ask me how I go into God mode. Mm. There's nothing to fear. When there is no fear, God mode, bro. Bam. God mode. That's the thing. You have to be humble in that because you will hurt yourself easily. What do you mean? You have to have a profound respect for fear. It's a survival mechanism at its base root. Your reptilian brain perpetuates that. So in that, you have to understand, if I'm going to not be afraid of anything, I have to be willing to accept the consequences of that at the same time, which means that this corporeal form for myself could be brought to a very quick end. And I have to be ready to go on to the next ethereal plane and to experience eternity and all. And because that's such an amazing and profound thing, it's, it's in itself frightening. But the thing is, is to get there, that's the fear part. Like nobody knows how you're going to get there. It's like the struggle to get there is very real, raw, and painful. But that's your life. Yeah. The death part, that's the instant part. And then all of a sudden it's over and then it just becomes easier because the pain is only linked to what your consciousness understands through the physical. Yeah. Once you uh, absolve yourself of this physical corporeal form, there will be no more pain as you know it consciously. That, and now that how do you... is where the fear becomes absolved. But at that point, you've already come to the understanding that you'll be leaving this corporeal. So why fear? Right. And they, how do you encapsulate that for, for loved ones though? Right. Like you, you, it's difficult. You, you have to provide to them the understanding that the only way that they can be successful without you in life is through knowledge. Mm. It is only upon that, that they can succeed uh, make their way through the landmines of treachery that is just, you know, the natural order of the universe, which is where the strong take from the weak and the smart discover ways to make the strong give it to them. Mm, well said. And so that, my friend, is where knowledge comes in to be. You got to teach them. You know you have to teach yourself. You have to be equitable to yourself daily in your pursuit of knowledge or else all is lost at the beginning from the gate. Right. But you got to pass it on to your loved ones at some point, that knowledge. Well, that's the thing. Okay. The, the way you pass it on is even if you get to see them for one second or if you know they're coming into the world, write them a letter, write them a note, tell them in advance that there are going to be forces out there to tell you you can't, but you can. Never, ever 
ever accept that because whether you think you can or you can't, as Henry Ford said, you're probably right. And the, 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 the most important thing of all is that we never stop questioning what's real because once we do that, then we stop, the, the pursuit of knowledge stops. And in that, we are easily manipulated. Indeed, yeah. And that's how you pre pre prepare them because you could give them all the money in the world, but if they don't understand what I just said, it's for nothing. They'll lose it and they'll still live in poverty and squalor and have a struggle. Indeed, yeah. If you, uh, if you keep falling for the magic trick and never question the magician, then you'll always be a sucker for the act. We all, that's the thing. Like, that's why the eternal pursuit of knowledge is so important. Never just stand there and be amazed. Stand there and be amazed, but at the same time, <laughs> question it. Yeah. Because if you're not amazed, it means you already know. And that, that means you're ready to go. And that scares a lot of people. They're like, how do you know? Like, what do you, how did you get to these conclusions? It's so profound. It's frightening. People don't want to confront this. I've had people in direct messages talk to me and they've said, you know, I've asked them about what, what they think in relation to the, you know, the beauty of the universe and its entirety and, and what happens after. And they, it's, it frightens them. They, they say, these aren't things for me to know and understand now. And I don't want to talk about them. And if you choose to continue talking about them, I'm going to just block you. And I tell them really? this. Yes. I say, you know, I understand that fear is powerful. But in, in fear, you have to know this. It is false evidence appearing real. And until you are really, really, really like ready to humble yourself and admit you don't know if it's real or not, you will not be able to come to the other acronym of fear, which is the ability to face everything and rise. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised that they're willing to block you for, for just being profound. Because that's, they're that's... frightened. They're, they're literally not comfortable with the idea that what if I have to deal with everything forever? <laughs> but yet they do. <laughs> well, they do now. and they, Even if they, they block they you, they do. Have, they don't want to have to come to that understanding that that's a possibility yeah. because they're experiencing pain through consciousness physically. Yeah. If they didn't have to experience the pain physically and be conscious of that, experiencing everything forever, would it be so frightening? Mm. You're right. They're so still going to have to face it. Whether they block you or not, they're still going to have to face the life. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. why, why fight? Again, it comes down to the ultimate reality, which is the universe's nonstop change. And, and are you going to kick and scream against it? Or are you going to just go with the flow and enjoy the ride and know that it's all going to be okay. Because no matter how it ends, no matter how it ends, when it does, it's going to be quick. And you're in, and once it does, you will have already arrived to where you need to be or where you were meant to be going. Yeah. And we all end up in that spot. That's the thing about it. Whether sooner or later, right? Like Alexander the great is still buried in the same ground as the mule, mule driver that drove his chariot. So like, this is the thing. Why I tried to like, uh, Outside of self-preservation, you know, we could all do better to love each other and give more because there's enough in the world, but it's greed and selfishness that perpetuate the, um, 
you know, that this is the reptilian brain, you know, whenever we are ready to evolve past that is when we'll succeed as a, as a species. I firmly believe that. So self-preserving is a good, uh, a good opportunity to like delve into, uh, I know you've experimented with fasting recently and mm-hmm. taking care of the body. Um, can you give me a little bit of run through of your experience with fasting? What type of fast did you do? What did you get on the other end of that? Okay, so my fasts are not for like the purposes of religion or anything like that. My fasts are strictly for self-preservation and introspective appreciation and gratitude of like, I've been in situations where I didn't have and I had to be hungry. And now I'm in a position to always have anything I want available to me. And so I need to remember where I come from and, 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 and like fasting is a great way to do that. Plus at the same time, you're, you're invoking the, you know, what they ancients would in Greece, they called autophagy. And this is also its own rabbit hole. It's like homeostasis and self-healing. It's where your body through a, a, a means of self-preservation and survival will seek out all, once you have no more like available glucose or energy, because you haven't eaten anything, your body now goes into taking damaged cells and other things that maybe aren't working properly or the way they're supposed to. It'll recognize that damaged DNA structures. It'll eviscerate them, break them down, and, and consume them for energy. And in that, mm. it's like a self-cleaning of the house. It's, it's amazing. and It's beautiful. And there's actual scientific and peer-reviewed studies and research to back it up. The only issue is there is zero money to be made in fasting. Because you literally do nothing. You do nothing. How are you going to get money out of me telling me to do nothing? Not eat nothing, just do nothing. It's a, it's a, it's a most scary thought that it's not talked about in the medical professional community more so because, like, if you look at it, there are people, like, at a hormonal level, they got to be careful, right? They could put themselves into a place of harm doing this because they've already wrecked their bodies so bad with processed foods and everything else. And like, or else they were born with a predisposition because they're, you know, their hereditary genes, like over time, things didn't go well for their family gene line, you know, and, and in that you have to be careful and respect fasting, but ultimately at a base level, like our DNA and like how humans are, it, it's kind of like across the board, fasting does like, a very good job of what it's supposed to do for the body achieving homeostasis and bringing itself back to health and what it should be. It's like a reset, like a total reset. I mean, I felt absolutely amazing. I was gaining energy the longer I got into my fast. Like the, the more I go into my fasting, the more energy I get sometimes. It's very intrig- interesting. Um, so I'll do like intermittent fasting 20 hours a day. I won't eat four hours. I'll eat. And then Every like once a month, I'll try to do uh, 48 hours, you know, just straight. And like every once in a while, I'll, I'll get bold and I'll go 72. I'll try to get 72 without getting too, you know, off kilter with other people around me. Because I have to, this also teaches me patience too. Yeah. I have to recognize that I am dealing with something and others, they don't have to. So why should I subject to that, them to that, you know? I chose this path. I shouldn't make them to suffer it with me, right? Yeah. So I have to learn patience as well in my fasting. 
it's very profound the things you learn through fasting and 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 like you learn why you're doing this and it's like yeah it's it's this deep it's like it it's a good way to create insight to self and and discipline self too yeah i'm glad you said that i've been into that um you're much deeper than my uh, and that my knowledge in that situation but one thing I've been doing uh, intermittent fasting, but I've been doing a 16-8. And the reason is similar to yours in the sense that it's, you know, I told my wife, it's like, look, like our, our you know, ancient ancestors are just not that long ago would go weeks without eating. Right? Yeah, maybe then, they couldn't find food. They had to just keep on moving to get it. That's exactly. How Native and, Americans, they learned how to live with the land and not decimate it and force it. To yeah, produce. yeah. And well, the mental toughness is, it's is what I was getting at. That symbiosis, you know, and then yeah. to the other thing, uh, what you were saying about the knowledge of fasting, I went and I found uh, what inspired me was Dr. Fung's research. He won a Nobel Prize over it, and and it's peer reviewed. It's beautiful, uh, and and it's uh, uh, yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> so if you yeah. want more knowledge on it, uh, there's peer-reviewed studies by Dr. Fung that have won Nobel Prizes on fasting, and that's a good place to start, my man. Definitely going to check it out. Yeah, just the mental stuffness, though, of, like, how, how spoiled we are to, like, every three hours want to something in our mouth. Right? Exactly. Like, just like, it's, it's like you're programming yourself. You program yourself legit. Like, we, remember I said we make our own reality? Yeah. It's, it is what it is, you know? It totally is what it is. And people... They don't understand that they're because they're too much distracted. You know, they come out the womb and boom, there's a, there's a thousand distractions at you, but you know what? There isn't anymore really, unless you seek it out stillness and quietness. You got to like literally go into the middle of nowhere and leave your phone behind in order to find that where there's no distractions. And then you find yourself like, what am I doing here? Why am I doing it? For what purposes? And you know, it's just different, you know? <laughs> yeah, but besides the distractions, do you think people avoid that because they're scared of finding who they really are? Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, when it comes down to who we really are and why we're doing anything, ultimately, we have self-preservation. We know we have to eat and everything else. But, like, once you get past that, what if you have all your needs met already? Then why are you doing anything? You know, what are you doing? And for what purpose? That defines who you are. Indeed. I think people are just scared shitless to, to experience themselves. I, I think they're in denial. They're fronting basically on who they are. And they, they it, like to keep very, going that way about life. It's scary, my friend. It's very scary. I, um, I've had to be forced to confront myself in order to see this. And, and, and that was through like mechanisms of, of you know, our society at first but then i was smart enough to seek knowledge elsewhere like why am i getting myself into these positions what's going on with me and then i i was like i want to know more about myself you know and i was having difficulty with that uh introspection and everything and so i thought like if i'm being forced to come to these realizations and to face myself through like mechanisms in society uh then potentially there's, you know, this is where I went into things like, um, we'll call them like the 
beyond you know like trying to figure out what's what's more to life why you know like like and then in that i found psychedelics and 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 people think like oh that's just you know a way to escape or this or that but it's actually a way to view the vibrations of the universe and maybe possibly uh resonate with them temporarily while you are in this corporeal form and through that, you will be able to be objective about yourself and why you're actually here and, and what you're doing here in this very temporal time that you are here. Because while you're here, how you treat others and what you do to them, that's going to echo throughout eternity and be the deciding factor in whether you are remembered or not and how. Mm. And how does one introduce themselves to psychedelics if they were to take that adventure, in your opinion? Very, very slowly and carefully because otherwise you can hurt yourself. Remember I told you that it's about fear and understanding? Yeah. You, that is a whole very, uh, very deep rabbit hole where imagine there is no more self. Hmm. Right? And that you now understand that you are one with the I, the divine, that, that never was there ever really a self. It's just like, what are you doing here? You know, yeah, you're just yeah. living, but why, you know, is it, is it, what is the reason you're living here? You know, <laughs> it's, that's crazy. Yeah. And back to the, the fear, the topic of fear, that sounds extremely scary. Exactly. So <laughs> like, and my thing is, is since I can't control like what happens afterwards in the end, yeah, I want to make this the best experience while I'm here. And I know that I get back what I give. So I want to give love because every time I, I know, like I've verified, I've given selfishness and I've given anger and frustration and, and I've always been met with the same in kind, but where I've given compassion and love and understanding, even when I've been hurt by others, I was able to recognize that they maybe themselves have been hurt before and they didn't understand. And so I can find peace ultimately all the time and still maintain my happiness no matter what other people do because I can transcend words at that point. I can transcend their behaviors at that point because I can understand that they even themselves don't know why they're doing what they're doing. Mm. How long did it take you to get to that point? <sighs> my entire life. Yeah. <laughs> and, and many, many tangent journeys to places where I wouldn't have been able to get to just by myself without the assistance of other things in nature. And I think that that's why some things have been banned by uh, authorities and entities because they don't want you to discover these things about yourself and others right. so that they can keep perpetuating the illusion and the pain at the expense of you for the gain of themselves. Through fear. This goes back to that knowledge. You have to know this. Exactly. To, to, to be able to entertain this stuff. Yeah. Right. right. It's fascinating, man. Yeah, listen, extremely profound, man. Uh, like, I, I knew this conversation was going to get deep. I didn't think it was going to get this deep. Well, this is this is valuable. <laughs> I, Honestly, I like, gonna... even if these, even if this mic wasn't on, even if this camera wasn't on, it's extremely valuable to me to have this fantastic conversation well, with somebody. That was when I was texting you before, remember? Yeah. I was about to just tell you, you know what, man, all this back and forth, just call me and, and we'll talk right. because it's just the interaction with another human. Like nobody wants to be alone. There's a fear in that in itself. But why also, you know, 
Yeah. Why? Why can't we be comfortable with being alone? Is it because we're afraid we won't come back? Mm. What happens when we, well, like people, like if you talk to a medium or like a supposed psychic, they'll say like, oh, your relative, this and that. They just want you to know everything's okay. Well, like where'd they go? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. They never really left. Maybe they passed from this corporeal form, but then in that, Temporarily, they have an opportunity to go explore the universe and the infinite, all that is everything. And then once in a while, they're conscious. It's still there. They'll come back and check on you. But as long as they give you the, like, as long as there's an understanding that, that that knowledge that I spoke of before, they'll be freer to continue on after this corporeal form, and they won't be so concerned with coming back to you. Yeah. Yeah, and so in that, you're actually giving them freedom, literally. Yeah, but that's it, love, and it's the same tune, you know. Yeah, letting them go is love. It's an act of love. Right. So it's like, don't fear for them or for yourself. You know, we're all going to the same place, which is everywhere, all at once in the end. And anytime we want to be there with that person or that that consciousness or that other energy, since we're already all going to be together in it all the time all you have to do is just recall it and instantly you're there it's amazing why do people want to block you bro <laughs> they should be welcoming these conversations i know we talked about it it's because of you know they are scared of finding what they find out but yeah, as i'm talking to you i'm like that's the opposite that i want to do the I more I that i see and find in the world and the universe yeah through, through like means and mechanisms with which I was not allowed to explore before because of like what I perceive as remember we said that, that like there's forces or people that are trying to like perpetuate your pain for their gain. Like they don't want to just let you be to discover and to learn so that, you know, otherwise they can't extract that time and value, which is your life and take it and, and Im- implement it to perpetuate their own time and value in life. Mm. Knowledge. Can so we, can we, I say, let me just change up gears here. I'm going to go off of this. Like it's weird the way, like I'm, my thought processes at the moment. Sure, man. T- take it away. I'm going to, um, I've been listening to like Vivaldi and this, um, we'll call it uh, the four seasons. And I've been stuck on like, uh, what is it? Violin Concerto in E major. Um, it is Opus 8, number 1. Um, and it is like one of the most profound things I've heard. I've been listening to it like on a loop and I've been watching nature and I've been watching like life and it's like it's a beautiful symphony and an orchestra with which everything is like intertwined together. And for some reason, people just don't want to like acknowledge that. But let's go on to something a little bit more. Well, I, I, I want to, in that, in that point, why do you think uh, that music does that to human beings? Because like, it, it, music is, is, seems, it's, is universal. It's, it's emotive, you know? It's like, yeah. I mean, and that's why I think that if you look at the, the tuning frequency that everybody goes to, it's 440 hertz. And then they tune to A on that. Well, like, quite literally, if you go to a Tibetan, like, a monastery, and you yep. see those bowls, if you ring, run the rings, that resonates at 432 hertz. And that is a natural frequency. But do you know what? The Rockefellers decided way back, but a few bunch of other people that 
everything will be broadcasted in 440 hertz. And I believe that if you look at water and when it freezes and the shape of the molecules as they freeze at 440 hertz, it looks like a disgusting crystal wasteland. But if you do it and you freeze that same uh, water molecule and you vibrate any sound at a 432 hertz natural frequency or like you can even you can even speak to the water as it freezes and just repeat the word love and give that like that feeling and the crystal formations that are made are absolutely beautiful and astounding it's like really? there's a fundamental frequency and resonance with with which the entire universe revolves on and, and works on and for some reason, a gang of individuals way back decided that, that now nah, we're going to tune this way and not that. And it really, it, it, it messes people up. You know, they get stuck in that, what we call fiat mindset. Yeah. And you go and you listen to some things like that, you'll feel physically different. And then you go listen to that, like go listen to some rap music afterwards. You'll feel like almost agitated instantly. Really? I never even Absolutely. thought about that. And that's that 440? Well, that's that. That's the that's your body telling you that this frequency ain't natural, and it's yeah. not in line with like what's real in the universe. It's it's like it's real, but it's perpetuating agitation because it ain't like it's not in line with like your natural harmonics and like your frequency with like your harmonious like life, like how you are, like your vibrations and your everything, like what you are, you know? Yeah. 432 hertz is more in line with the universe, my friend. 440 is just like enough to set you off kilter and keep you distracted. That's fucking interesting. I never even knew about those frequencies. That's that's. Oh amazing. yeah, man. Oh yeah, we want to talk about rabbit holes and deep conversations and stuff, man. I'm yeah, yeah. I'm all over the place all the time. Yeah, as as a dude who grew up with rap music, that, that makes a ton of sense. I always wanted to fuck hey, some shit up. I always wanted to, I you know what I'm saying? In the nineties, man, like bro, it was NWA and Marshall Mathers, and like right. uh, there was just they figured out that like this is how you can keep people on edge and keep them doing what you want them to do, and never get them a, an opportunity to slow down. Yeah. Cause like legit, once you put on music like that, you're just in like, you're like, you're on this yeah. mode. And when you like go and put yourself into like, you ever go and just sit outside in the rain and listen to it? It's amazing. It's like you, and you, you leave behind your phone, your TV, like everything. Just go to hell out in the middle of nowhere. Just sit there and listen and try to stop your mind and slow down it's profound the feeling you'll get when you return to the like digital and this and you you go put on like some like rap music or like pop music or whatever the thing is now music and you'll feel like you'll recognize you'll be like whoa that is ah man you'll like it love it or like hate it and the thing is is you only like it because maybe it's something you've developed a comfort with because of its familiarity. Yeah. And that's, that's sad because it's not natural. You shouldn't be more comfortable in finding, you know, familiarity in like the unknown of nature, because that's what we know 
in existence naturally without all the other distractions that we talked about before, without the manipulation of the frequencies and then the rebroadcasting them to us and everything else. Damn, I got to get into that rabbit hole. For sure. The frequencies got me. Because, yeah, you're right, man. I listen to some of my favorite songs and I think it's doing something. But really, I'm just angered. I'm just frustrated, stressed out most of the time. And, and I think it's for other things, external reasons. And to think that it could literally be as easy as like, hey, change the frequency. Exactly. That's, that's, that's and then that, you'll be able to look at yourself and why you're you're fighting with these things or like what mm. like, what is going on? You know, like what is going on? You know, for real. <laughs> That's that's incredible. All right, man. Let's pivot to Bitcoin, huh? Yeah, man. Let's do that. I just changed up the tracks. On the, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you can hear it. I hear a little bit of it, but, you know, Zoom is kind of trash, so <laughs> it kind of fades in and out. I hear you, though. All right. Let's talk about the, the Bitcoin community. You've been doing some workshops lately, right? Um, you've been yeah, in, in, that's, we'll call them workshops, right? Um, what do you call them? I just, like, call it show up and if you really want to figure out the truth and the way yeah pay attention because like it's not really like it's i don't know to me it's not like a workshop it's more like just uh like a workshop denotes that i'm doing this and there's that and that others are this and that and it's i don't know yeah yeah, it's more like a presentation, you know? And, yeah, yeah, a lecture. And like, and like a sharing of the of the knowledge so that others can continue on with it beyond myself and take it further. A workshop, to me, it is like in its nature, the word, it's closed, you know? Yeah. I kind of even think a workshop is charlatan. <laughs> it, to me, a workshop yeah. is, the word workshop itself to me is restrictive. Yeah, you're Like right. imagine if you were building outside and you had all the tools around you, like the workshop itself is an enclosure. Like when I teach Bitcoin and what I do, I, I don't like to think of it as a workshop. I like to think of it as perpetuating knowledge to like forever, you know, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> that people come and they're intent on learning and that they, um, they pay attention passionately and that they retain and that they're not just there to like for something to do. Or like, because then they just show up and they're like, yeah, maybe they just enjoy themselves and have a drink. But like, are you wasting your own time? Yeah. You know, and in that you're not helping yourself or anybody else, you know? So that's why I like when people come to the Bitcoin mining off-grid presentations. Yeah. I don't like to think of it as like a workshop or anything. I like to think of it as like a, Let's spread this into like the universe forever, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's your philosophy on how you do things. Exactly. I guess that's a good way to put it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very particular about words and, and how they're used, I guess. I appreciate that. that. That's, a, that's a big deal. No, that's a big deal because nowadays everybody because just... Remember I just talked to you about our... We create our own reality. Yeah. And we reinforce that reality with our words and our understanding of them. Mm, yeah, that's a fact. Yeah, so, I'm big on that. But no, I didn't mean no this on the word workshop. <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't like that. I was just like, let's not. You're right, it. though. Let's call it something else. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're right. You're right. So, so so how did it go? Was that your first one, the one you did recently? How has it been going? Have you doing more uh, of these? No, uh, I did Bitcoin Day way back, like a couple months ago. Okay. Uh, last year, I think. And then, uh, so I'm having difficulty recollecting, like, timelines at the moment. Um, oh, good. Because of something we were talking about earlier, remember? Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> um, but anyways... <laughs> It, 
It has been going absolutely amazing. And the way that I've found success is offering it for free and just telling people that like, look, I don't want nothing in exchange for my time because what I'm giving you is valuable. It's just like, and I can't keep it unless I like give it like Satoshi did originally, you know? And so with that, just help me figure out the logistics so that I don't wreck myself in getting there and back financially. Because as we talked about before, there's a group of individuals out there trying to perpetuate pain through inflation and fear and money manipulation. So it makes it difficult to move through the world without, you know, wrecking yourself right now, unless you have the help of others or unless you've already been blessed to come up to a place. And so just being real straightforward with people and saying, hey, man, I'll come do it, whatever. If I'm that way, I'll stop by. If uh, like no, no worries. Just find a place for me to park because I got a bed in the back of my truck, and uh, yeah, park too fast. So if food's a problem for you or anything else, like I don't have to eat either. And uh, so that's where it's just all about like how bad do you want to do what you say you want to do, right? Love that. And yeah. because I've said that I'm gonna do this, I don't walk through life trying. I do or I do not. And in that, the, the off-grid Bitcoin money presentations and the perpetuating of it have, has been going absolutely amazing. That's fantastic, man. I actually hope to hit one of these at some point, man. I'm going to be going down south, moving down south in the, the next month here. So oh. I'll, be mu- yeah, I'll be much closer to, to your area of things. And I definitely would love to hear you speak, man, for sure. Don't dox yourself here, but like you find the closest Bitcoin meetup to where you're going to be and I'll see what I can do or when I'll come through or whatever, you know, it's like, not if it's just when that's all. Yeah, well, like, I, I, I'm not that's all myself. Life, you know, <laughs> listeners know already where I'm, I'm headed out to Austin. I work for Unchain Capital, so I'll be out there. That's not doxing. Oh, that's just, okay. all right. yeah, they know that. Oh, but, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I work client. Thank you, sir. <laughs> that's yeah, a blessing. A- you know, they're doing a lot of good time to help people get things situated and started in this Bitcoin world. So it's, it's no, cool that's my contribution. That. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's every day helping people secure legit through cold storage and no charlatan stuff, uh, but also being in the room with some of the smartest people around. Right. And, and that's and see- super important. Anytime you find yourself in a room where you're the smartest person, if you don't get the hell out of that room fast, <laughs> you're doomed, man. You're doomed. Because no. uh, then... I'm- like you'll just be sitting there questioning yourself almost like, why am I here with these people? What's going on? You know, where's the growth? What like, you know? Yeah. yeah, no, super humble, smartest people in the room, but also just the, you know, the 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 Bitcoin ethos that Unchained Capital has established, not mm-hmm. only within its doors, but like outside to the community. So those those meetups, as you know, are no secret. They're big. Those bit devs are big. But um oh, yeah. I de- I definitely want to navigate out and go to like much smaller meetups and and, and get the get a taste of the big corners outside of Austin when I get down there. So, Oh yeah. Uh, There's good, a lot of good people in Texas, man. There's a lot of yeah. people down there. I'm, I'm excited, man. Just n- not just for that, but like the freedoms of, of, for my family, man. Oh, I live, I live hey, in Massachusetts and yeah, I'm going to yeah. be presenting Gary Leland reached out to me and asked me if I'd be willing to do my presentation for him there. Shit, so I'm going can... there. I didn't get my ticket yet because I'm still working on moving, but I'm going, fam. I'm Don't busy. worry, man. Just tell them. If you work with Unchained Cab, tell them. Say, yo, you, you, want, you want me to go to this or not? Yeah. <laughs> Put me up a discount code, bro. Yeah. <laughs> got that already. I just got to get the moving situated, man. I got to get oh, out there. Well, that'll happen. Like, the thing is, yeah. is, like, you might as well go for Big Black Boom anyways because no matter what, you're going to be there in the end, right? 
Yeah, yeah. I'll be there, man, for sure. Now I'm uh, glad you're going to be there speaking. Did you accept or you're still thinking about it? Oh, I did. I Like, like yeah. why would I not accept? The only thing that would prevent me from accepting anything would be fear. And we already talked about that, right? Good point. Yeah. And shout out to Gary, by the way. Gary doing big things, man. I love Gary Leland. He, him, and I met his wife and uh, Teresa, a couple of the other people working behind the scenes at Big Black Boom. Absolutely beautiful people. Like, always yeah. trying to help others. And I really appreciate everything they do. Well, speaking of uh, associations, and you don't have to speak on this one if not, um, I, I see you've been kind of close with Corey from Swan. Is that like a oh. just a friendship or is that like a real deal? Uh, or what do you mean? What, a business opportunity? What's that? It's everything, man. I'm always everything. there for him. I'm Love always it. there for him. Like, if he ever needs, like, a question or guidance or, like, anything else. And, and I feel like, you know, him as a human, he's there for me also. Like, because I've reached out to him and I said, hey, you know, this is what's going on. This yeah. is what I'm doing. And this is where I'm going. And, and he's, like, been willing. He's always been in the DMs with me and, and, and like, because there's been honesty and understanding and, 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 you know, there's growth and, and, and truth and like that respect for each other in that is developed. It's like, that's, yeah, that's a thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but like I said, it, it's, it's everything, you know, like it could, like when people say, is it this or is it business? Like, well, how does anything turn into business? You know, how does Good anything- point. You know, what is, what is everything, right? <laughs> yeah. What is anything, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, uh, just just keep running through the stuff I watch you post, man. So like, are you on the board of, is it Simply Mining? Is that something new, a new project you're working on? or What? I, I might have got the name wrong. Simply Mining? Is that, you are you on the board of that team? Mining? Sovereign. Sorry. Oh, right. So you an advisor for them or hit, hit me, man. School me. I'm, I'm the chief of operations. Woo. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> new kid, new kid on the block. Simply mining. Uh, is it a new? Is, is is it a new company or have they been yeah, around for a while? Called, it's called Sovereign Mining. Sovereign. I keep saying simple. Sovereign. Why the hell do I keep saying that? Sovereign, Sovereign mining. mining. It is a Bitcoin standard company. Ooh. Like we pay our employees in Bitcoin. All our vendors and everything else. You know, it's like it's purely a Bitcoin standard company. First of all. Yep. Uh, we mine and we are building lightning. Also, we also have what's called um, uh, we, we're a multiple division corporation. Uh, okay. So uh, we have Sovereign One. It's our um, ASIC, uh, you know, Connex manufacturing division for like large containers, uh, forty foot Connexes. Then we have um, there's also uh, we're working on assembling contracts long term directly with MicroBT and Bitmain so that we yeah. can provide directly from them to retail a and establish a sales division that is uh, to be more competitive potentially uh, in the market and, and offer to retailer individuals similar uh, opportunities that they might not otherwise get unless they were purchasing let's say hundreds of basics at a time. Okay. And then, so, and then other than that, like I had mentioned before with the lightning network, the division there, uh, I got a gentleman by the name of Hoddle Slim. He's my chief technical officer there. He's overseeing all of the development and rollout and the lightning division of our corporation. And we'll actually be mining Bitcoin directly to uh, support lightning channels and to build them. 
another wow. thing we're working on is we're working on algorithm development so that we can find betweenness in channels and supply liquidity uh, wow. and and seek out the uh, the the lowest possible fee factors and provide the most liquidity with regards to in betweenness of channels. Wow, which is needed. Big time. Uh, my biggest struggle with the Lightning Network and being a sovereign, having my own sovereign node is that it's liquidity. It's always liquidity. Right. So that's one of the big things we're here. The other thing that we're working on is we're working on providing uh, escrow services to the real estate market where they can transact in Bitcoin on the Lightning Network. So where we'll give them nodes and, uh, and, uh, and supply them liquidity and give them the ability to... Uh, um, work with us in escrow and everything, you know, that's another thing that we're trying to build on too right now. So it's another whole division that's, that's like, it's way beyond me. I'm not a real estate guy, but yeah, yeah, that's a whole nother thing. But it's uh, a need in the market. My CEO, Chad Redfern, uh, he's our CEO of Sovereign Mining and uh, he's a, a partner in a corporation called uh, More, More's Partners. And uh, they're a global industrial real estate firm. And uh, what uh, he's doing is he's uh, actually been working with other individuals in the real estate industry to establish that escrow thing that I was telling you about with the Lightning Network. So, and yeah. then also uh, the other thing that uh, Hoddle Slim is doing uh, with our Sovereign Lightning uh, division is he's building... Um, you know, he's reaching out to businesses and, and building their relationships to allow them to, uh, you know, run their own nodes uh, or else even have us host a node for them on their site and, and, and teach them and, and like educate them and, and, and allow, assist them in, in maintaining their own sovereignty uh, and provide them assistance with liquidity even if they need it for those channels on those nodes while they're acclimating themselves to this new uh, world of currency, right? And so Amazing. that that I think is one of the most important aspects of sovereign mining. Uh, is that like the lightning end? And that's yep. crazy for me to say as a miner, right? Yeah, <laughs> but, surprised. But like you hear people talking about scaling and everything all the time, and I'm just here to provide security and support. Yeah, you know how it scales is like that's up to the consensus of the world, and like. Like I said, I'm, I'm here to like provide that base level security and support. And that's why I've been implemented as the chief of operations uh, for mining in regards to like our, our whole mining division for Sovereign. Uh, yeah. like we're going to the Dakotas uh, off-grid there. We're working with Sovereign nations themselves, like Native Americans, uh, yep. to create true... Uh, network sovereignty where even if you know good old King Sam I mean Uncle Sam uh, <laughs> decides that uh, he doesn't want us to use Bitcoin well the Native Americans have had it you know up to here and they've already established their sovereignty less you know there's mass genocide again uh, and uh, so in that we can mine there in perpetuity until the year infinity wow dude so and, you, and then we're also like you're covering on all markets. So Love we're also it. working on developing a system that's hybrid and can be set up at substations too, and that can help with load balancing for local municipalities and their co-ops. Because they can do things that like guys like Dominion and Duke Energy can't, 
And so we're, yeah. I'm, I'm banging their doors down right now with a couple of principal engineers uh, from uh, electric companies that I got on a uh, retainer, like a percentage base. <laughs> so, so self reminding your main project right now sounds like that. Oh, that's yeah. The main- yeah. Yeah. And then, like, on the side, I'm doing my Bitcoin mining presentations. And the beautiful thing is, is that my team there knows how important what I'm doing is in regards to spreading that mining information that yeah. they roll with me on it. They're like, look, all right, that's cool. We still got to go here. We'll just fly out there and then we'll just fly back there. And we're going to yeah. be good. And they respect me and what I'm trying to do. It's a beautiful team of individuals that I have there. Uh, everybody considers what they're going to do before they do it and how it's going to affect everybody else on the team. Which and, is rare. Yeah. And they, <laughs> we talk about it with each other before we do anything because we know that that effects are going to be profound for the rest of the team. And, and in that, it, it, we have a high bandwidth of communication and that's going to be our, that's going to be what allows in, in, Perpetuates our success. We're already successful. Yeah, let's say it people just like, don't know it yet. Right. No, that's. I'm glad you gave me all this knowledge because I saw. I even got the name wrong, but I saw a few sneak peeks of you drop some stuff, and then I wanted to ask you about it, but I didn't think it was going to go this deep. That's well, incredible, man. It's uh, it's been literally a almost. So the people that have been putting it together have been doing it for a year, and okay. they weren't ready to like really get all the places and together and move forward like i was working with midstream and doing things there um i had a data center break in and like the detective couldn't tell me like if it was inside job or not and so i was just like you know what this is where it is and i love these guys but we're not growing any faster and these other people are already like about it and we're working on this harmonious level and they're understanding and so it just didn't feel right and i had to just make a change and when they approached me they're like hey we'd we'd like you to do this uh, and uh and in that we're even willing to give you equity via production so you build this if it produces this there will be a bonus and then if you decide you want to defer that bonus uh and it, you can defer that bonus and, and it'll go towards equity in the company and, and in that you'll gain five uh, percent equity and but that doesn't change the fact that i'm still the chief of operations it's just they were very generous and beautiful to to do that to me especially after you know uh having to uh you know decide that i want to you know resign from working with midstream because i built midstream with a couple other people and I, I respect their efforts and everything, but, you know, we just weren't all moving towards the same, you know? And like I said, waters can be still and the streams still separate, you know? So it's just, you got to find out where you're, what things align and, and like why you're doing what. And it's just like, yeah. we, we didn't really align. So it is what it is, you know? I take no losses. I, I, I hold no grudges. There is no pain. You know, it's a great rapper. Right? Yeah, yeah, we already talked about fear and pain, right? <laughs> yeah, we did. No, but that's a great swing around from what you were saying earlier in a great example. Hey, when initially I separated, I was like, it felt like um, it was raw. And I felt like maybe like something wasn't right. But at the same time, I had to understand that maybe I'm lying to myself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So good point. Yeah. No, and, and uh, yeah, equity is a massive thing. Um, it, it, it's the best incentive to build. Uh, especially well, when you believe that in the was project. the thing I told them. I said, look, you know, I'm building this because I've dedicated my life to it. And whether I do it for you or anybody else isn't going to change the amount of effort that I put in daily. 
Right. If you give me, you can't give me anything more to make me want to do this any more harder or extreme or like, you know, I'm already yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> you could take everything away from me and I'm still going to come in the next day and plug that ASIC in or try to figure it. out what's wrong with it and perpetuate the truth and immutable freedom and sovereignty that is Bitcoin. And that's why you win, good sir. And that's why you will win. Say again? I said, and that's why you'll win, good sir. That's well, why you win. That's the thing. When, when you can't be manipulated and there's nothing, that, like you don't give anybody anything that, to take, so to speak, or all of a sudden nobody wants to mess with you anymore. You know? Like, yeah. What do you mean we can't create an incentive? That scares people. Now you're a damn yeah. loose cannon, man. That scares the fake ones. Once they understand why, then you become a seriously valuable resource if they can figure out how to implement you. Yeah, interesting. Because you're like a force to be reckoned with. You're unstoppable, you know? Like, yeah. when you have no incentives and you're just doing what you're doing because you truly believe in it, you're unbeatable, my man. Indeed. In a smaller scale, that's why I do this. <laughs> Nobody's paying me to do this. I don't have any ads. I don't Passionate have any sponsors. Yeah, I just love to do this. I love to have these conversations. I love to report on Bitcoin. I love to talk about it, educate on Bitcoin. That's uh, why, you know, like, I get that from you. Remember in the messages earlier? I said, yeah. I love you, brother. Love you too, good sir. I appreciate that. passion, that. you know, that we can recognize in each other, that that real recognizes real. Indeed. You know, we bring that to the world and, and, and we match it with truth and, and we are an unstoppable force to be reckoned with. Uh, the likes with which those who I said are trying to perpetuate the distraction. Yep. And that's why they ain't succeeded yet. <laughs> and they'll never will as long as we exist and keep passing it on. That's what I said, right? He did. He did. Sir, um, I'm going to wrap up this one, man. Do you want to let the listeners know where they can follow you, where they should go? Maybe Sovereign Mining too early, wherever you want them to go. No, everybody should take a look at Sovereign Mining because it's the future of mining. Because if miners aren't supporting like the network growth in regards to scaling, like lightning and other stuff, and it's just about the next block and joining the biggest pool so that you can get the next block, then you're lost, man. You're lost. You need to be going to the next smallest pool to try and decentralize this. Like, yeah. Let get your greed out the way, bro. Live so where, they can, real, you know? where can they find out more about Sovereign Mining? Uh, well, we have SovereignMining.io is our website, right? Uh, we're building. Um, and then, uh, oh, also Sovereign Mining has another division, but uh, it's in relation to helping people get their ASICs going and keeping them going long term. Uh, yeah. I'll talk more about that maybe in another episode if we're yes, sir. I'm blessed enough to be back with you again like this. <laughs> Already, um, no, no doubt. <laughs> uh, um, there was some other things. Uh, um, yeah, there was. We could get them if you want mining, to mining. I think we should do another thing. Like, a, like. <laughs> yeah, man, we could do it now. We could do it after. Let's schedule another one. We should schedule another one because we, but you know what? The things, the thing is, is the times will change and the, and the things we'll want to talk about will be new again. Yeah, but they'll be better, right? I was just about to, maybe we'll see, maybe we'll have more insight about the things we wanted to talk about, but didn't get a chance to at this point. Yeah, well, I actually love the way, you know, I love where this conversation went. So I'm glad we didn't stick to the script. I'm going to tell you that right now. This conversation Sticking to the script is highly, highly overrated, sir. For sure. Organic life is the most beautiful and profound thing that anybody can ever know or embrace and experience. And, and in that, there is no script. 
I agree, good sir. Yeah, and that's that's you. We just gave about an hour and some change of no scripted content to the listeners, and uh, I hope they value it. I know they value it because they keep coming back week after week to listen to Jose and, and all this ranting I'm doing. But this was a special episode, good sir. I, we need to- I I think that. Uh- uh, you're a special person, and, and and it was a privilege to to speak with you today, and 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 thank you for for the time. Thanks, brother. We're gonna do this again for sure. Uh, give me a sec to sign off here, and then we'll talk offline. But listeners, this wraps up episode 67. Tarantula just gave us a ton of knowledge. We're gonna make sure we get Tarantula back because I know you guys love these conversations. Uh, I love these conversations. So check us out on Bitcoin TV. That's the preferred place for us to go. We need to support Bitcoin products here. Get away from those legacy outlets and uh, check us out on Fountain App. You can stream us some sats if you think it's worth it. If not, then this will always be free. We won't have no ads and we won't pump that down your throat. We appreciate you guys as always. That wraps up episode 67. Take care, y'all.